Amen. All right. Well, once again, Pastor Bobby had a rough week last week, right? If you guys are here, it was tough. So what's he do? Got to keep going. So here's what he did. He decided um, to try to alleviate the stress, right, of going on. Not just that week, but, you know, whatever. So he decides, get this, he decides to decide to go horseback riding. Huh? That sounds cool. Try it, right? And so he did. He goes out horseback riding. And, and even though he, he had no prior lessons or experience, he decided, you know what, I'm going to give it a try. And so he mounts the horse, right, this, Pastor Bobby. And, and he, he totally unassisted, by the way. Right, he, and the horse immediately springs into action. Right, and it, it's galloping along at this rhythmic pace. Right, but but then all of a sudden, Pastor Bobby he begins to slip from the saddle. Right, and so in terror he grabs for the horse's mane, but he, he just can't seem to get a firm grip there. And and so he tries to throw his arms around the horse's neck, and and but he slides down the side of the horse anyway. And so, so now the horse is galloping along and seemingly oblivious to Pastor Bobby sliding all over the place. And and finally, Pastor Bobby decides to give up his frail grip on the horse's neck there. He, he tries to leap away from the horse to get himself to safety there. But that's when his foot got caught in the stirrup. He gets all entangled up. And so now he's at the mercy of the horse and the pounding of the hoods. His head is hitting the ground again and again and again. And, and, and it just continues to hit the head. He, he's, he's mere moments away from unconsciousness when all of a sudden, Stan, the Walmart manager, he runs out and shuts off the horse. Give it up for Pastor Bobby, brave soldier for Jesus Christ. Dude, that was a close one. I mean, he was going downhill fast, right? But give it up for Stan. He must have been a Christian or something. I mean, a couple more moments and he would have been a goner. But he's here today with us. That's right. But folks, believe it or not, <laughs> hopefully this makes sense. Uh, did you know the Bible says that one day our whole planet is going to be in for a bad ride? Except it's going to be way worse, trust me, than a Walmart Horsey ride, gone bad. Okay, and the reason why our planet is headed for that time frame is because the Bible is clear, unfortunately. They continue to refuse to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and they're headed for the worst time of all. It's called the seven-year tribulation. God, out of mercy, sent his son. You don't have to go there. Every single day while you still have breath, while there still is time, you could escape it and avoid the horrible ride that's coming. It's not going to be a horsey ride. It's going to be God's wrath poured on this planet for seven years nonstop. You don't want to be there. And that's why we've been seeing, praise God, God's not just a God of wrath. He's what? He's a God of love as well. Why do you think he writes so much in the Bible? One third of the Bible deals with prophetic issues. Why? Because he's not willing that any should perish. He's giving people a heads up notice. Here's what to look for when it's getting close. I'm not going to tell you the exact day or the hour. Why? Because what would we do? Even as Christians, what would we do? We'd probably goof off. Hey, five minutes till the rapture. I guess I better start acting like a Christian. Right? Or if you're not a Christian, what do you do? Hey, I'm just going to party, eat, drink, marry, be done until five minutes, and then that's when I'll get saved. Really? You won't get saved now when it's relatively easy, but the Bible says in the seven-year tribulation, the people there that turn to God are going to be slaughtered like flies. It's horrible. The Greek word that's used there is sphadzo, speaking of those that are, are killed. They are killed in any way whatsoever. In fact, the Bible even says that in Revelation 20, they're going to bring decapitation back. They're going to chop your head off. Really? You're going to accept Jesus then, but you won't do it today. Folks, I'm telling you, he, out of love, he gives us so many signs that it's getting close. Don't make that mistake. If you're not saved, get saved today. And another sign that we're going to look at, showing God's incredible love, is he says, here's what you can be on the lookout for when it's getting close. Human hybrids and the coming chimeras. Anybody else want to try that incredible music, Ron? No? I'll just stand alone by myself. And I won't repeat it again. But anyway, that's right. Hey, it's kind of, well, what are you, we're human hybrids coming chimera. Are you serious? Yeah. Folks, I'm telling you, folks, this was warned about God a long, long time ago. Okay, why? Because if you were here last week, we saw it's that kind of behavior that caused him to judge the planet the first time with the worldwide flood. With the Nephilim hybrid issue. Right? That was one of the three areas of wickedness that we saw that grieved the heart of God. And God says, that's it. I'm wiping everybody out except... For those who responded to the preacher of righteousness, Noah, and there was only one way of escape, and that's through the ark. It's the same message today. There's only one way out of this mess, folks. It's through the cross of Jesus Christ. Okay? But speaking of Noah's uh, day, Noah's flood, God judging the planet with a worldwide flood, you would think that that would get your attention, right? Like after that, people would go, ho, 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 last time we do that, 
Last time I ever get involved in that kind of wickedness behavior and hybrid and messing with humanity and, and God's creation. Yet only 900 years after the flood, God is warning once again, whatever you do, do not mess with my creation, specifically mixing things and messing them up. I didn't say it, he did. Open your Bibles to Leviticus 19. How many times have we blown through this verse and we don't understand what in the world he's saying? Leviticus 19. And again, the time frame here is it's 900 years, roughly, after the flood. Let's go ahead and stand as we read God's word. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. For those of you hooked on the Bible in chronological order in the Old Testament. Uh, Leviticus 19, verses 11 through 19. Now, this is basically the context here, a bunch of do's and don'ts from God. How many guys would say that when God says to do something, it's good? Okay. How many guys would say that when God says don't do something, that's good? Uh, yeah, it's all good, right? <laughs> Everything, all but's good. And this is basically what you got here. God is saying, here's a bunch of good do's and don'ts that you need to do, right? And notice what's tucked in there. And, and, and again, I challenge you. How many times have you read through this and you just didn't even pay attention, right? Uh, Leviticus 19, let's start at verse 11. Do not steal. How many guys would say that's a good command? Yeah. All right. And then do not what? Why? That's a good one. Well, they're all good. Keep reading. In fact, do not deceive one another. Verse 12, do not swear falsely by my name, God says, and so profane the name of the, uh, your God. I am the Lord. In fact, do not defraud your neighbor, he says, or rob him. Do not hold back the wages of a hired man overnight. Do not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block in front of the blind, but fear your God. I am the Lord. Do not pervert justice. Do not show partiality to the poor or favoritism to the great, but judge your neighbor fairly. Do not go about spreading slander among your people. Do not do anything that endangers your neighbor's life. I am the Lord. In fact, do not hate your brother in your heart. Rebuke your neighbor frankly so that you will not share in his guilt. And do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against one of your people. But what? Love your neighbor as yourself. Why? Because I am the Lord. And he says what? In case you're not getting it, keep my decrees, including what follows. Watch this. Do not mate different kinds of animals. Huh? Do not plant your field with two kinds of seed. What? In fact, do not wear clothing woven of two kinds of material. You may be seated if you can. How many times have we read through this, folks, and we're not even paying attention to what we're reading? It's kind of weird. It's just like popped right in there in a bunch of lists of good things, do's and don'ts, and they're all good. And right tucked away in there, why is it once again God is basically, in essence, 900 years after the flood, warning, whatever you do, on top of it, yeah, don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal, don't do all that other stuff, but whatever you do, do not, quote, mix life forms together and create some sort of concoction or hybrid version of them, right? That's what he's saying here, right? Why would he do that? Because again, Unfortunately, mankind has rebelled against God just like the first time he judged his planet and he's doing again. And what we saw last week is Jesus said, when you see this repeat of wicked behavior, even hybridization of humanity, it's a sign he's coming back. That's what we saw in the text there, Matthew 24, 37. Jesus said, as it was in the days of what? Noah, specifically, so it will be. What can you expect at the coming of the Son of Man? You're gonna see a repeat of the days of of Noah, okay? And again, as we saw last week, that hybridization thing is going on again, right? Last time it was in the flood, it was the uh, Genesis 6, it was the Nephilim, the fallen angels creating this hybrid version called the Nephilim. Well, folks, it's going on today. As we saw last week, it, 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 I'm not saying necessarily it's uh, actual fallen angels commingling with the daughter of men, uh, but science is doing it. it it's, and I'll even throw this out there. Maybe it is even fallen angels, i.e. demons, that are inspiring these guys to do that. I'll give you that. Okay, but we're seeing it repeated. As we saw last week, it isn't just with plants that they're creating hybrids. Just like, what did he say? Don't mix the seed. What are they doing? That's what they're doing. It's also with insects and animals. What are they doing? Don't make two different kinds. They're violating God's command. But what we're going to see, folks, today, they're doing it with adults. Mankind, right now, as we sit here, and it's been going on for years, is being turned into a hybrid. They're altering the germline of humanity, and if they keep it up, as they say, we'll get to in a second, there ain't gonna be any true humans left. And you wonder why God's gonna come back and judge this planet, okay? Now, it's a step-by-step -step conditioning process, and it's been going on for a while, and I don't wanna expose that to you. The first way we're seeing a repeat of the hybridization of mankind is with multiple parent babies. Multiple parent babies. Now, this has been going on for uh, several years now, 
And at first it was like a big shock. Like, oh, multiple parent babies. What are you doing? And, and what, how they got people to buy into it is, oh, but you don't understand. See, if we start mixing and matching multiple parents and, and with the embryos and that, and then we're going to be able to get rid of diseases, we'll bypass stuff, and it's, it's just going to be great for the kids. But again, what's God's design? One man, one woman coming together, having a baby. That's it. And so this was the first step of getting, no, 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 no. Let's mix and match multiple parents, okay? And again, this is something, folks, that's been going on uh, for quite some time. And again, they say, oh, if we just do this, if we just compromise in this area, it's going to get rid of all kinds of diseases. It's going to be great. Really? Did God bless it last time when they went down this route? It's, how many times are we going to have to learn the hard way? But let's take a look at that. Today, Britain's House of Commons approved a revolutionary procedure for creating babies from the DNA of three parents. The technique could protect children from inherited diseases, and Mark Phillips is looking into it. Jessica Newell is 13 months old and has mitochondrial disease, a condition that keeps the cells in her body from developing the energy they need. It's a severely life-limiting disorder, maybe toddler years or something like that, so we don't know. Yet while there may be no known cure for Jessica, there is a potential cure for the condition that caused her illness. In mothers whose eggs have a healthy nucleus surrounded by defective mitochondria, the little batteries that power cells, that nucleus is transferred to a donor egg with healthy mitochondria and which has had its nucleus removed. The hybrid egg is fertilized with the father's sperm, and the resulting embryo then has genetic coding from three parents, the mother, the egg donor, and the father. Now, I didn't come up with that term, but what are they admitting doing this multiple parent experiment is creating? A what kind of an egg? Hybrid egg. Something that has never been here before, except for in the days of Noah, of God's creation. In our lifetime, they're starting to create hybrids, not just insects, animals, and plants, now people, starting with babies. It's a hybrid. And you would think, man, we've we, we got to put a stop to this. No, they're advancing this, folks, beyond our, we, society is bought into this. this. This is chump change compared to what they're doing today. But uh, This one lady, she's a conservative lawmaker, Fiona Bruce, she warns this. When this first came out, she warned this years ago. She says, this amounts to, quote, letting the genie out of the bottle. Where's this going to lead? The answer has to be we've got to stop here. The answer has to be that we say that this is a red line in our country, in every country around the world, and we will not cross it. Unfortunately, they're going even further. That was just the step. That was the first little tweak that we got accepted. The second way we're seeing a hybridization of mankind, again, still dealing with just babies. The most vulnerable, you're doing this to babies, is now they're skipping the multiple parent process and they're going straight for their genes. Gene-edited babies. Not coming, it's already being done. And this is the rationale. Well, hey, if you accept us, you know, mixing and matching parents and going against God's design that way to supposedly fix diseases, how about we start mixing and matching the actual baby's DNA? We'll take a piece out, we'll put a piece in, we'll do whatever, and we'll fix it that way. Sounds like science fiction, but it's now a reality. In fact, it's been a reality for quite some time. They came out with this genetic slicing and dicing invention called CRISPR. How many of you guys have ever heard of that? Right? And that's what you do when you come to my house for barbecue. <laughs> I'm sorry. I try my best. I really do. I have good intentions. But uh, unless you like eating burnt offerings, uh, and, hey, and I'll throw a little blame out there. Sorry. But uh, I'll, somebody asked me a question. Pastor Billy, what's the origin of the universe? <laughs> so I'm off over here. As the smoke billows and billows. Right. That's not the kind of CRISPR I'm talking about. This is actual technology. It was developed in 2012. That's how long it's been around, folks. And this gives them the ability to literally slice and dice the actual individual strand of DNA and start messing things up that way. Here's a description of what that technology is already doing. Let's take a look at that. Now to this story of revolutionary <laughs> technology that can edit genetic mistakes is getting attention and scrutiny this morning. CRISPR could help rid us of diseases like cystic fibrosis, muscular dystrophy, and even HIV and cancer. Think about that. And what is CRISPR? CRISPR, first of all, it's an acronym. Mm -hmm. uh, it stands for Clustered Regularly Interspaced 
short palindromic repeats, a huge mouthful. You can see why we use the acronym CRISPR. So I'm sorry, what's CRISPR again? (laughs) (laughs) Geneticist Jennifer Doudna gets asked that question a lot. A researcher and professor at UC Berkeley, Doudna has become a spokesperson for a gene editing technology she's credited with developing, that mouthful known as CRISPR. I've heard it compared to essentially like a film editor, slicing a bit of film. I would say that's a great analogy, Mm -hmm. yeah. How does that work then? Well, think about a film strip, you know, Mm -hmm. and you see a particular segment of the film that you want to replace. And if you had a film splicer, you would go in and literally cut it out and piece it back together, uh, maybe with a new clip. Imagine being able to do that in the genetic code, the code of life. You could go in and snip out a piece and replace it with something that um, corrects a mutation that would cause disease. That's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. Incredibly dangerous. Now you're messing with mankind down to the genetic level. Just like, like, I don't like that piece of DNA that controls this particular function, good, bad, and ugly. I'm literally just like a movie. I don't like that scene. I'm going to slice it out. I'm going to pop it back together. Or I'm going to slice it out and put something else in there and then slice it back together. What is this? And I wonder if this was the rationale back, I'm not going to say thus saith the Lord, but of Noah's day. Is this supposed to be for the betterment of humanity? Is that, is that what they fell for too? Is they continue to allow that hybridization to go on? Okay, it's incredible, but it's a slippery slope. First, you have multiple parent babies. We got used to that. Now we've invented something that we can literally slice and dice the actual DNA. Okay, but when you're said and done, that, in this case, as we're going to see in a second, baby is not the same from what God originally created it. And what they're finding out, it isn't just that baby. If that baby survives, and that's a whole other aspect, then it will forever change the offspring of that baby. So now it's called the germline. Now you're altering mankind's germline from the original one that what? That God created. And do you think he's going to bless this stuff? You wonder why he's coming back? And then here's what's weird. What did Jesus say? When you see, of all things for him to say, when you see a repeat of Noah's day, he's getting ready to come back. And now, folks, they're doing it on a massive scale. And again, I mentioned babies. Guess what? They're doing it on babies. They've been doing it for years on plants, crispering plants, insects, animals. And now they're doing humans, starting with the most vulnerable, babies. It's not coming. They're already crispering babies. Watch this. A Chinese researcher claims to have helped make the world's first gene-edited babies. Twin girls whose DNA he says he altered with a powerful new tool that lets scientists edit the genetic code. Scientist He Jinghui says he edited the baby's genes to try to give them a trait few people naturally have to help them resist HIV infection. It crosses a new frontier in medicine and ethics. He says he edited embryos for seven couples during IVF fertility treatment. So far, there's been one pregnancy. The gene editing was done using a tool called CRISPR-Cas9. It works by making a cut in the DNA to disable a specific gene. Many mainstream scientists say this type of gene editing should not be attempted yet because it could make permanent changes to DNA that could affect future generations. Uh, yeah. But it's a good thing they're listening to common sense and logic and certainly the Bible because they said, that's it. We're not doing this anymore. No, this is on a massive scale, folks. It's going so fast. Uh, I don't think people even realize it. I'll even dare say what I just showed you. How many people do you know even knows this is going on? It's been going on for years. The actual hybridization of humanity starting with babies. Now, one of the things that they're telling you or they're not telling you is the DNA that God designed in all of life, including humans, is so complex, okay? It's so complex that, yeah, they've mapped the human genome. They've had that out for years. And they know that specific slices do this function or that function. Or they know that specific ones, that if you got that, uh, it looks like you're going to probably later in life develop HIV or cancer or whatever. Okay, that's fine. But it's so complex, what they're not telling you is that, okay, so now I could take out that one strand... Again, just like a movie strip, I can be that specific. I could take it out, and the person probably, probably won't get HIV. That's what they're trying to say with these kids. 
But what they're not telling you is it's so complex, each individual strand of DNA, yeah, it may have had one negative thing, but it's got 13 other positive things that you need for survival, but they took it out. They don't even know what they're playing with. And so, and guess what? You took it out, you can't put it back. It's irreversible changes at what cost? And if the baby survives, it forever changes everything moving forward. Then you do it to another one, and then another one. You keep this up, folks. Are we really headed for a time when there's not going to be any true humans left? And isn't that just like Satan? What's he do? He takes God's truth and what? Again, he twists it, contorts it, perverts it. And so in these last days, just in time for what Jesus said would happen, in the days of Noah, it's going to happen again. He's what? He's twisting, contorting, perverting God's creation, plants, animals, insects, humans. But it gets, unfortunately, worse than that. See, we, we've already bought into this. It's a slippery slope, right? Multiple parent babies. Now it's like CRISPR this, CRISPR that. Hey, it's going to fix diseases. Why not? Who would, who would be against that? You know, what do you need, Neanderthal? Get with the times. Now they're commercializing it. And this is out in the media, folks. You need to pay attention. Now they're saying, who wouldn't want to have a crispered child? Because you know what it's going to lead? It's going to give us designer babies. This is their term. And what they're pitching, they said, hey, okay, yeah, there might be a couple risks, wink, wink, involved with this. Yeah, yeah, it's going to forever change humanity's germline from God's original creation. But hey, think of the options here. You can customize your child. And who doesn't want to have that in our consumeristic society, right? I mean, you go buy a car. You don't just take anything that they got on the lot. No, I want this one with leather seats. I want that color. What? You customize it. You go shopping for an outfit, right? You don't just take whatever they got on the rack. No, I want this thing. I got that, not this way. I like it. Out. They says, no, you can do that with your kid. Isn't this wonderful? I kid you not, folks. They're pitching it. Designer babies are here. Watch this. With recent advancements in genetic engineering, the reality of creating your ideal baby is closer than ever before, if you wish. While controversial technology could help prevent a baby of having certain genetic defects, critics are saying the implications could have a far worse effect on society. RT's Trini Chavez brings us the story. If you're a potential parent planning on having a baby, you might be able to use genetic testing to choose your child in what some are calling a designer baby. But as technology advances, soon parents might even be able to choose embryos based on what sort of hair color or eye color they want their child to have, sparking both moral and ethical concerns. Prospective parents already use DNA testing to check for potential genetic abnormalities that could lead to serious conditions. While critics say the manipulation of DNA poses huge ethical and moral concerns, the method is garnering the support of lawmakers and medical experts. In July, the UK Ethics Council calling the practice morally permissible as long as it's in the best interest of the child. But as technology advances, others worry that we may be able to also learn about characteristics that have less bearing on the future health of the child and more on the physical and intellectual traits. You also get into issues like, is it ethical to want a, a child with blonde hair blue eyes? Maybe, maybe not. Is it ethical to want uh, a girl over a boy? Is it ethical to want somebody taller versus somebody shorter? You know, and, and so, but the, the, the list keeps going on and on and on. So where do you draw that line? You draw that line by not doing it. But we've already gone down that slippery slope, starting with multiple parent babies. It just gets worse as you go. As was warned years ago by that quote, you're letting the genie on the bottle. You better stop it, but we didn't stop it. And again, they're, they're pitching this as this is great, right? Think of the average non-Christian or society today. That's all about me, myself, and I. All about customization. All about the I, gender. I want this. And here's what they're saying. They say, hey, you want a child with blue eyes and blonde hair? Hey, why not design a highly intelligent group of people who could be tomorrow's leaders and scientists? Quote, now with CRISPR, it is possible. It would be the biggest thing that's ever happened in our field. Everyone would, quote, want the perfect child. It would be, quote, the next steps for humans. But then are they really? I mean, how far do you keep doing this and are they really human? How far can you get off of God's design and they're really not 
And by the way, think about this technology. Now you're altering. You're putting in the characteristics that you want, that you think is the perfect child. Well, who defines that? Right? And then blonde hair, blue eyes? Wait a second. How is that any different than Hitler with his eugenics program? Oh, he loved this technology. And it's here today. And as I mentioned last week, if you're here, uh, these people behind this genetically altering of not just plants, animals, insects, but now humanity, mankind, you know what they call their movement? Not eugenics, that's too obvious. Newgenics. I'm going, come on, at least you come up with something, scrambled it or something, some sort of acronym, but no, it's newgenics. Where we can alter humanity the way we want. The perfect human. The per- Folks, that's, that's, that's just like Hitler. And if it was wrong back then, it's wrong today. But speaking of Hitler, this is what's crazy. I don't think this is my chance. Jennifer Doudna, she was the one that was being interviewed describing what CRISPR is in 2012 when they invented it. Uh, she mentions in an interview, I couldn't believe I found this, that right after she invented CRISPR, she had a dream And in the dream, Hitler came to her and it scared her. Watch this. You know, there was real risk and that that we really needed, we meaning the scientific community and really, frankly, the the human community needed to be aware of this and discussing it. And one of the things that, that sort of brought that to the forefront of my mind was a dream that I had uh, fairly early on uh, in which I was, uh, you know, I walked into a room and a a colleague of mine said to me, "Uh, Jennifer, I'd like you to explain the CRISPR technology to a friend. And he brought me into a room and uh, a person was uh, sitting with their back to me. And as they turned around, I realized with sort of a horror that it was it was Hitler, and it was actually Hitler with a sort of a pig nose, and it almost looked like a chimeric pig human uh, sort of sort of creature. Uh, and it was it was you know it sounds funny in a way to relate that image, but it in the dream it was a terrifying thing, and I, I really felt real, just you know stone cold fear in the dream, and and sort of woke up from that dream with a start and, and realized. You know, kind of had this initial feeling of what, what have I done, you know? And <laughs> yeah, what, what, what have you done? Maybe that dream was from God. Trying to tell you, burn your notes. Get rid of this technology. Don't go down this route. But unfortunately, they didn't listen. And it's getting even worse, folks. Again, we're still just dealing with babies, hybrids. But speaking of going against God's design, His creation... Again, don't mix and match. Don't mingle, even on the genetic level. Don't multiply the parents. Don't tweak. Don't do nothing. I don't care how you pitch it. This is not good. It's a violation of God's command. He didn't bless it the first time. He ain't going to bless it this time. It's a sign that Jesus Christ is going to come back. But just about everything to do with God's creation, speaking of babies, including the birthing process, these guys are messing with, right? God's creation, again, his paradigm is this. He will bless male, female, Come together, baby. And during that process, after conception, the woman has the privilege of carrying the, the baby in the womb, right? That's God's design. He blesses that. Guess what? Now they're even tweaking with that. Now, not coming, it's already here. They have artificial wombs, and they're pitching for that younger generation who's too busy running the rat race. I ain't got time to be encumbered with pregnancy. Right? You need to come up with an incubator and I could grow my baby in the home and just look at it through the glass. Sounds crazy? It's here. Watch this.
wonder why God's coming back to judge this planet. Is there no wickedness that you will do? Is there nothing of his creation, his design that you won't mess with? And again, it's not just messing with something. It's what? It's a repeat of the behavior that God judged the planet the first time, the hybridization going on. It's happening today on a massive scale. And it's not just happening. It's being pitched as the greatest thing ever. Who wouldn't want to have a baby pod? Because I ain't got time. Not just babies. Now they're messing with people outside the womb, adults, with the same technology. And again, here's, here's the rationale. It's a slippery slope. Hey, if you guys would go ahead and genetically modify kids inside the womb, supposedly to get rid of diseases and slice and dice and take this out and add this and whatever, then how about we do the same thing? Get rid of diseases for people who are already outside the womb. Rhymes with adult. And as crazy as that is, folks, it's already happening. Not just in China, even here in the United States. Watch this. Chinese scientists are about to become the first in the world to inject people with genetically modified cells using a special gene editing process. Starting next month, the team of scientists plans on testing the cells they edit in patients with incurable lung cancer who haven't responded to other treatments. It's called CRISPR, and it works like a text editor of sorts. The technique manipulates DNA by cutting certain sections and then adding new sequences or removing them altogether. And it's not much of a surprise, China wanted to get a jump on human CRISPR experimentation. It's the first in this area pretty regularly. It had the first CRISPR-edited human embryos and the first CRISPR-edited monkeys. A similar experiment was approved recently in the U.S. In that experiment, scientists are also hoping to get the immune system to fight cancer cells, but the experiment in China will still be the first. There have been a lot of ethical and safety concerns surrounding this type of gene editing. In 2015, a group of scientists published a letter in Nature warning against editing the kinds of genetic code that gets passed on. In other words, again, you start doing this to people, what's it going to forever change? Not just that person, but the whole generations are forever altered. And the more you do it, the faster it will spread throughout a species, not just plants, animals, or insects, but now with people, okay? But again, this is the step-by-step process, okay? And again, just like the others with the babies, they're pitching it as some utopian society. We've got to now start crispering adults. We could fix humanity. We could, we could create this incredible utopia because who, who wouldn't want to have this, quote, Super intelligent humans are coming. Genetic engineering will one day create the smartest humans that will ever live. And listen, this is a secular knowledge. Watch this. Variations in human DNA, if combined in an ideal fashion, could lead to individuals with an intelligence that have IQs in the order of a thousand. Anybody ever see that one movie where the guy took the pill and became instantly super smart? That's what they're talking about. Except it's not a movie. It's reality. And the danger is this. Who gets to have that smart pill, like the movie presupposed, and who doesn't? Because you think they're going to offer it for free? Or do you think they'll even offer it to the lower class people like us? What it will create is a society, and they even warn this, of haves and have-nots, based on this genetic altering of humanity. I'm not recommending this show, but that's what another show, it's a rated R movie, it's called Gattaca. Back in the day, warned about this a long time ago. And Gattaca was all about these people who had the money to get genetically modified. They got all the good jobs, the rich paying jobs. Those people who couldn't afford it were basically the scourge of society and got the low jobs. This is what they're playing with, folks. And you wonder why God's going to put a stop to it. And they said this, this would far exceed the maximum ability among total individuals who's ever lived. The list goes on. It's not just super intelligence. However, quote, this could lead to an inequality of a kind never before experienced in the human history. Turn to somebody and say, well, duh. Right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. But again, it gets even worse. All we've been talking about is kind of the crisper. I'm going to take a piece out of a human and then, uh, and then splice it back together. Or I'll take, uh, you know, this other piece, but we're still just dealing with human-human, although it's still being modified. Now they're getting even more wicked. Now what they're doing, and it's been going for quite a while, is they're making human-animal adults. And I purposely put that up there because, remember she said Hitler came to her in a dream, and he had a what? Pig nose. 
that may not be a dream anymore. How many of you guys ever saw that movie, the science fiction movie, uh, Doc, The Island of Dr. Morrow? And what was that about? You know, it's like Hollywood's preparing us for some freaky future that's coming to the planet. Anybody seen the pattern here? And it was about these people creating human-animal hybrids or half-human, half-tiger, half-leopard, half-this, half-whatever. Folks, that's going on. It's been going on for a long time. It's not a science fiction movie. And that's what I want to share with you. Human-animal chimeras. Okay, now for those of you who don't know what a chimera is, let's take a little journey back in history. Let's look at the classical definition of a chimera. The chimera. In Greek mythology, the chimera is a monster with the body and head of a lion, a snake for a tail, and a fire-breathing goat head protruding from its back. The appearance of the chimera can vary. There are versions where it has the hind legs of a goat, with wings and even the head of a dragon. Sibling to the Hydra and Cerberus, much like many of the other monsters in Greek mythology, the mere sight of the chimera was considered a bad omen as the monster would often appear before natural disasters, such as violent storms and volcanic eruptions. And it's going to be a bad omen for us today because this is actually going on. And not just mixing and matching animals to create that kind of a chimera, but humans with animals. Now what's interesting, I'm not going to say thus saith the Lord, but a lot of people uh, believe that much of the Greek mythology, not saying that it's completely accurate, but a lot of that knowledge base, they talk about giants, and they talk about chimeras, mixing and matching. Some believe that there's an element, a thread of truth in that. They may have taken a little bit further and embellished a little bit more. But there may be an element of truth based on what was going on in Noah's day with the hybridization. But again, folks, what, what, what's crazy is this kind of stuff is going on. It's been going on for quite some time. In fact, let me give you a couple uh, examples. Let me give you a couple buzzwords. If you don't believe me, do the research yourself. Uh, when you see these words in print, this is what they're talking about. Mixing humans with animals. They're called parahumans. P-A-R-A, parahumans. Or they just flat out say human-animal hybrids. Japan, their term is this, humanimals. Humanimals. So that's, that's what they call it. Now, now, it's not coming. It's going on right now. And it's been going on for quite some time. And let me just give you a few of the concoctions they've already done. Human-cow hybrids, human-pig hybrids, human-mouse hybrids, rabbit eggs with human cells, pigs with human blood, sheep with human livers, cow with human cells, cat-human hybrids, and a whole bunch of others. In fact, as far back as 2011, at that point, they admitted, and again, this is what they admit, but what are you really doing that we don't know about? But as far back as 2011, quote, 150 human-animal hybrids were already grown in labs just in the UK. Quote, man-human-animal hybrids have also been created in many other countries, quote, which have little or no regulation, back in 2011. Sounds like the island of Dr. Morrow really exists. Okay? In fact, let me give you a couple ones that they're doing as we sit here. Humans, animals, completely mixed together. Watch this. This is it. Human stem cells being injected into a pig's embryo. For the first time, scientists are seeing how our cells grow and interact inside an animal. This pig, the first known chimera. Recent studies have shown how that process can work using gene editing. Scientists would delete a specific piece of an animal's DNA so its embryo wouldn't be able to grow a heart, for example. Then they'd inject that embryo with human stem cells, which move into the void and grow a human heart. The embryo would then be put back inside the animal to develop. The biotech startup SAB Biotherapeutics is trying to take a similar approach to treating infectious diseases, but with a catch. The company is using genetically engineered cattle to produce large amounts of human antibodies. In order to do that, the company starts with cows that have had their DNA modified so that their immune systems generate human antibodies instead of cow antibodies. Then comes a rather strange test. This is really creepy. I mean, mice are creepy enough, and this one has no hair, and a human ear growing on its back. Yes. He doesn't seem to mind that he has an ear growing on his back. 
Now he knows he's here for a bigger purpose. We're on our way to making Pinky and the Brain a reality. Scientists reported that they had discovered a human gene enhancer called Human Accelerated Regulatory Enhancer 5, or HAIR5, that does just that. In mice, it led to the development of larger brains. It was obvious that the human HAIR5 activated earlier in development and triggered a more robust response than the chimp version. The young neural cells in the brain, called neural progenitor cells, proliferated more quickly under the influence of human hair five, which led to bigger brains, 12% bigger than those with chimp hair five, to be exact. Yet this research raises the question of how far we should go when mixing human cells and genes with other animal species. Will research in this vein help humanity, or will it inevitably lead to hyper-intelligent mice taking over the Earth? Will we bow down to our mousy overlords? Researchers have created the first embryo that's made of both sheep and human DNA. Researchers used genetic editing tools to put human stem cells inside a sheep embryo. They found the embryos grew. This procedure shows they might be used to grow human body parts, even if they're in a different species embryo. But some scientists are concerned the method isn't ethical. Having that many human cells in an animal leaves a slim chance it could develop unnaturally human qualities, like altered intelligence. The scientists can't yet control exactly what happens to the human cells once they implant them into the pig embryo. There is a possibility that these human stem cells could grow into neurons and accidentally create a human mind trapped in a pig. To date, everything the researchers have done is legal, but what they're doing is highly controversial. Bioethicists say this research raises a lot of uneasy questions. The boundaries between what it means to be human and what it means to be non-human uh, can become quite blurred. Can I translate that for you? You keep this up, what are we not going to have anymore? True humans or animals or plants, or insects, all of God's creation. Not coming, it's already being done. And what did Jesus say? As it was in the days of Noah. And that passage that everybody just wants to blow by, of oh, Nephilim, yeah, whatever that was. It's happening today. Science is doing the same thing on a massive scale. It's been going on for years, okay? And again, that's their phrase. No true humans left. Watch this. Thanks to dramatic advances in genetic technology, we've gotten to the point where it's literally possible, listen, for even college students to create new hybrid life forms in their basements. I don't even have time to get into that. Remember I said last week there's no regulatory lid on this? Because it's going so fast, they can't get everybody together to develop a consensus, which is the first step in getting regulation. It's too far gone. They can't, they can't rope it back in. I got actual video clips on our documentary showing that these people are, in one case, was in San Francisco. They're in there just injecting, they're playing with the DNA, they're crispering themselves to see what they come up with. That's how, and they, they're ordering the stuff on Amazon. That's how over-the-counter this technology is. And it's spreading as we sit here. They said, unfortunately, our laws have not kept up pace with these advances, and now quote, Pandora's box has been open, and it's going to be nearly impossible to shut it again. Furthermore, it's the uncertainty, duh, that makes all this work so con uh, controversial. Scientists conducting these experiments can't, listen, can't know, and they admitted it on the video, can't know exactly where the human stem cells go. They could go elsewhere, quote, like the brain, and he's talking about in the animals. And when you give animals partly human brains, you would have animals that might actually have consciousness like a human. In fact, it might even develop human-type needs. Here's a reassuring quote. We don't really know. <laughs> and what would we call these animals that have brains that are now mostly human? And at what point would our relationship with such creatures fundamentally change? That is, quote, when they learn to talk. Scientists all over the planet are recklessly creating these chimeras without really thinking through the implications. Quote, and it's happening all over the world every single day, and most people haven't even heard about it. It's not only going to permanently change, quote, what it means to be a human, but as the DNA of the human race becomes, their words, not mine, corrupted, it is easy to imagine a future where there are very few pure humans remaining. And then, I think they know what they're doing is not only wrong, but they think in the rebellion that somehow they're going to come out on top. And just in case it does go wrong, God said it was, and he's going to come back and stop this, they have a backup plan. That ain't going to work either. And you know what that backup plan is? 
This is crazy. Russia, Russia has built a DNA data bank of all living things. And you know what they call it? Noah's Ark. Watch this. It's been out for two years now. Researchers at Moscow State University have quite the task on their hands. One, many are comparing to the biblical story of Noah's Ark. The university plans to collect DNA material from every living thing on Earth. To be clear, that includes plants and animals on land and water. Now, there really will be an Ark of sorts, a gigantic 166-square-mile facility where all the genetic material will be stored. The project is expected to be complete sometime in 2018 and will be kept on one of the university's central campuses. Russia is not the first to try to complete a feat of this nature. British scientists are working on a similar project called Frozen Ark. That project is a strategy to conserve the genetic resources of the world's endangered species. It is the animal equivalent of the Millennium Seed Bank created by Kew Gardens to conserve the seeds of the world's plants. As far as Russia's Noah's Ark, there are big expectations, as the grant given to MSU is believed to be Russia's single largest science grant. What do you know that we don't know? What aren't you telling us with this? I mean, you're pitching this as the greatest thing since sliced bread, but you're building that. I quote, Crazed scientists all over the globe are playing God with the very building blocks of life. And this is their words, not mine. It carries the same potential as when all flesh was corrupted in the Old Testament and had to be destroyed by God. Isn't that crazy? They admit it. Right? And then they liken it to what? We're going to have a backup plan, a Noah's Ark, our own Noah's Ark. Really? You think that's going to work out for you? <laughs> and I'm not going to say thus saith the Lord, but Noah preached, he was a preacher of righteousness for 120 years. Maybe some in that Nephilim community says, oh yeah, we're going to have a backup plan and we're going to, and pretty soon they were glove-glubbing. And this is their words. Again, they go on to warn, unless something is done to hold all this back, it seems, listen, almost certain that genetic hell will be unleashed on the human race. Quote, these are the signs of the times, my friends. Read them and prepare. Quote, we are, oh, this is wild. We are a perverse and wicked generation who deserves what we are going to get. And you know what you're going to get? You're right about that one. It's called the seven-year tribulation. You wonder why God's wrath is going to be poured out on this planet. You have the audacity to not just rebel against him, but even the same exact rebellious behavior that caused him to judge the planet the first time as it was in the days of Noah, so it shall be at the coming of the sun. It's happening, which means it's time to freak out and run. No. Why does God tell us all this in advance? Why did Jesus tell us this 2,000 years ago? So we know, we don't know the exact day nor the hour, but what? Lift up your heads, redemption is drawn near. When this starts to happen, woo it's got to be getting close. That's not bad news, that's good news. And so as Christians, we, we don't walk around in fear. If anything, we should get more excited. And then what it should do is motivate us and cleanse our walk with God. Stop goofing off, stop living for this world. Don't be like those rat race people and that all they live for is me, myself, and I, the unholy trinity and things and this and that. No, get busy sharing the gospel. Be a faithful bride. Tell other people, get in the ark, man. Get in the ark of Christ. Come to the cross. Get saved. That's why we should be like Noah. But if you're here today and you're still not a Christian, what are you waiting for? How many more signs does God got to give you before you will turn to him? You see, the Bible says the little g, God of this world, blinds the minds of those who don't believe. He takes God's truth and he twists it and contorts it. He's trying to keep you from seeing it. And what he'll do is he'll literally tell you the exact opposite of what God says to confuse you. Just long enough so that you take your last breath apart from Christ and you go straight to hell. And so God is speaking and saying, listen, no, you've been brainwashed. In fact, did anybody have this attitude? I remember before I got saved, you know what I actually thought? That I had to reverse my thinking on this. I actually thought as a non-Christian, this book was the biggest book used to brainwash people. Anybody? That's from Satan, folks. And yet, after getting saved, what happened? I reversed my thinking. After being born again, the Spirit of God opened my eyes, and I realized, no, it's the exact opposite. This is the only book that unbrainwashes you from the lies of the evil one. And so that's why God tells us these things in advance. He's trying to unbrainwash you. You need to reverse your thinking about everything you've ever 
been told about God, about Jesus Christ, about need to be saved and all that stuff. Don't scoff. Don't mock like Noah's generation. Reverse your thinking. God loves you. He wants to give you life, his life, but you've got to reverse your thinking today. Like this video. We'll close in prayer after this. I will live my life according to these beliefs. God does not exist. It's just foolish to think that there is an all-knowing God with a cosmic plan. That an all-powerful God brings purpose to the pain and suffering in the world is a comforting thought. However, it is only wishful thinking. People can do as they please without eternal consequences. The idea that I am deserving of hell because of sin is a lie meant to make me a slave to those in power. The more you have, the happier you will be. Our existence has no grand meaning or purpose. In a world with no God, there is freedom to be who I want to be. But with God, life is an endless cycle of guilt and shame. Without God, everything is fine. It is ridiculous to think I am in the need of saving. And that's how I felt before Christ opened my eyes, changed my heart, and reversed my thinking. I am lost and in need of saving. It is ridiculous to think everything is fine without God. Life is an endless cycle of guilt and shame. But with God, there is freedom to be who I want to be. In a world with no God, our existence has no grand meaning or purpose. The more you have, the happier you will be, is a lie meant to make me a slave to those in power. Because of sin, I am deserving of hell. The idea that people can do as they please without eternal consequences is only wishful thinking. It is a comforting thought, however, that an all-powerful God brings purpose to the pain and suffering in the world, that there is an all-knowing God with a cosmic plan. It's foolish to think God does not exist. I will live my life according to these beliefs. Reverse your thinking. I remember that day when I was all alone, 25, running as fast as I could away from Jesus Christ. He still, and I'll use these words, he romanced me down and he drew me to him. And in that one moment, everything was reversed. I was a blasphemer of God. I was a persecutor of Christians in the church. But in one moment of time, when I could see I was lied to. But once you reverse your thinking and run to the cross, oh, there's freedom. There's forgiveness. There's joy unspeakable. That's what God's trying to do for you. You've been lied to by the father of all lies, Satan. Turn to Jesus. Reverse your thinking today. Amen? Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries, and I hope you were blessed with this study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple things that the Bible says. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? And the wages of our sin or unholiness is death? In other words, we deserve to die and go straight to hell, and be separated from God for all eternity. This is the great cosmic dilemma. God who is holy, and we are not, how can we have a relationship with Him? The two will never mix. Now, to make matters worse, we don't even want to admit this, even though God already knows He's God. And so God, out of love, gave us something called the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were not something to just memorize or stick on your wall or give the appearance of being a religious person. The Ten Commandments were God's divine x-ray, if you will, into our heart and soul to reveal this truth that we need to admit. And that is this, that God is holy and that we are not. We are disqualified for heaven. So let's take a look at that divine x-ray that God's trying to get us to realize. Uh, the, the Ten Commandments, the, the ninth one says, you shall not bear false witness. That's lying, okay? How many guys have ever told a lie? Raise your hand, okay? Well, if you didn't raise your hand, you just did. You just told a lie because we've all done that. 
Well, that makes us a liar. The, another Ten Commandments says that you shall not steal. Don't ever take anything without permission. How many of you guys uh, have ever done that? Well, you guys already said you're a bunch of liars. All of our hands should have went up on that one. And for being honest, God already knows. Folks, we've all taken something. We've stolen something, right? That makes us a thief. Another Ten Commandments says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. He's not just holy. Even his name is holy. Hey, folks, let's be honest. If you can believe it, even the name of Jesus Christ uh, has been turned into a common cuss word. Well, the Bible says that's a sin of blasphemy. Now we're a, a blasphemer. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus said, here's his standard. Uh, uh, even if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you committed adultery in your heart. Wow, so now we're an adulterer. The Bible says you shall not murder. And you might think, well, hey, at least I haven't done that one. Really? Again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred, wishing somebody was dead, okay, that, that's the same thing. Uh, it's akin to the sin of murder. It's just you pulled the trigger in your heart, but God sees the heart. Hey, folks, that's just five out of ten. How are you doing? You still think you're going to get to heaven on your own? You still think that you're qualified, that you're holy like God, and you could bridge the gap and have a relationship with Him forever? I don't think so. I mean, what did we just see? You're going to stand before God, and so am I. We all are. And we're going to have to give an account for who we are. Hey, hey, God, let me in. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a liar. I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer. I'm an adulterer. I'm a murderer. And the scripture is very clear, folks. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of God. We're in trouble. But folks, here's the good news. The Bible says that if we would just admit that, that's the first step to admit that God is holy, that I'm not, I'm disqualified for heaven. I need a savior. If we would admit that and then ask for the savior to save us. That's what God was doing with Jesus. God gave us His Son, Jesus Christ. He took the death penalty in our place so that we could be completely forgiven of everything we've ever done and be made holy through Jesus so that we can now have a relationship with God both here and now and forever in heaven. We can become qualified. The word that the Bible uses is a word called pardon, that God is willing to pardon us of all of our sins and crimes that we've committed against him and disqualified us that disqualified us for heaven right and we've actually seen this work in real life uh, for instance uh, there's been people who have committed crimes gone to court the gavel's been passed the judge has said hey listen we all know you're guilty uh, you even admit you're guilty and uh, for your crimes you're going to not just jail you're going to uh, await in jail to go to the death penalty and did you know that there actually is a way that somebody could get off of death row, it's called a pardon. The one in the authority, the governor, can grant what's called a pardon for that person's crimes, and they literally can go free. Not because of something they did, because the deeds are already done, you can't undo it. Not because of they tried to clean up their act while they were stuck in the jail cell, because that doesn't change anything. But simply out of mercy, the person who has the authority can give them a pardon, and they can go free. And did you know it's actually on historical record that there have been people who have been granted a pardon from the death penalty and they've refused to take it. And so even though the offer was there to be set free, they themselves still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, in a nutshell, that's what God's doing every single day with all of us this side of heaven. While you still have breath, you still have an opportunity to receive God's pardon. He's willing to forgive you of all your sins if you would just receive His pardon through Jesus Christ. Again, that's what He was doing on the cross. The cross was the death penalty of the day. But since we weren't there, and since we can't earn it, it's a gift from God, you have to receive that by faith. Reach out even today from your own spiritual jail cell, if you will, and say yes to Jesus and God's pardon so that you could be set free and go to heaven. The Bible says that if you will confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the grave, you will be saved. Hey folks, if that's you, don't delay. You may not even have tomorrow. Today could be your last day. Please accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Confess with your mouth he is Lord. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the grave and the Bible says you will be saved. Well, this has been Billy Crone of Gill Life Ministries. If there's anything that we could do for you, our information and, and number will come up here shortly. And please don't hesitate. 
to contact us. But remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.